Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. I'm Simone de Rochefort, supervising video producer at Polygon, and my <laughs> co-host, sobbing with laughter, is uh, executive director at Rebellion Pack, Brianna Wu. How's it going? Hi. I feel like very sane. Great week so far. Good start of the show. We almost managed to clap at the same time. So close. To start the show, which was uh, very professional, I feel. I would describe this podcasting experience with you as sane, safe, and consensual, Brianna. (laughs) Do you agree? I love it. I love it. (laughs) All right. We're going to have a nice fun show for you today uh yep. genuinely that sounded so ominous um well let's just let's just be honest with sure you. you know it's been a bad week it's actually been really bad ever since that school shooting uh yeah like, like particularly bad uh simone and i we just want to talk about fun stuff today i hope you do too because that's the show you're gonna get whether you yep. like it or not uh if you want one that goes deeper on the 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 things facing this country Tune in to, uh, to Twit, where I was a guest this week. I had a good 20-minute long rant on it. Uh, got it out of my system, but we're going to talk about fun stuff today. All right. That is, yep, that sums it up. Uh, let's start with a Nintendo Direct. So yes, today, this was a good one. It was really good. I'm surprised. June 28th, today, Nintendo had a little mini Direct, uh, which kind of, I feel like it was kind of a maxi Direct. Like, the, yeah. the, the their whole thing was, we're talking about our... Uh, third-party games, <laughs> quote-unquote, because they did sneak some stuff in there that they're involved in. Um, and, you know, it's none of the big stuff. It's none of your your Marios, your Zeldas. We're not talking about that right now. They're delayed. We're having a problem. Everyone's having a problem getting their big-name games out this year. But uh, what we got is a lot of really good stuff. And I would love to... Uh, so let's start, I think, with the biggest announcement and then i would like to know brie your we'll we'll go into our sort of like surprise favorite announcements and i realize this might be the same for you but the persona before we do that can i say one quick uh, comment about this i think the reason this direct felt really good is there was no uh, metaphorical fat in this direct right like everything they announced was interesting and awesome and it's none of the like hi i'm miyamoto here to come out and tell you that the 23rd downloadable dlc for super smash (laughs) ultimate is going to be like some me figures right yeah like like it was all really cool stuff i mean do you agree with that yeah i do i when i was going through the list of trailers it it was like that good feeling again where i'm looking at all of the opportunities to play interesting games on my nintendo switch and like games that feel like they belong there uh that i wouldn't necessarily want to like pull out my freaking gaming laptop to play um just like like Things that look quality, that look interesting, that I know I'm going to have like just enough fun with um, and that I'm going to sneak in there when I'm trying to hit my game of the year quota. Because <laughs> <laughs> I need just something to dip into and see if I like it. Um, all right, let's start with the Persona collection because Woo! I think we both have stuff to say about that. And I would just like to call out uh, my my roommate, Aaron, who merely... Two weeks ago, we went out to get ice cream 
And she was like, you know what? I really want to play is Persona 5. But <gasps> it's a it's just a shame that it has not been ported yet. And immediately after that, it I I think it came to PC. And now Persona 5 Royal, as well as Persona 4 Golden and 3 Portable, are all coming to Switch. Is it possible Atlas is following you around? They're in the bushes outside your house, like <laughs> taking notes. Like, oh, okay, Persona uh, and hit the button hit the button so it compiles that that could be doing (laughs) apollo's gift of prophecy uh came yeah no i I hope that atlas is sneaking around outside my house uh because i've got things (laughs) to say to them um no this is great Uh, these are some of of course like the most intricate and odd and interesting jrpg i didn't know you were a like persona fan how can we never have talked about this because i have not finished them because they're long yeah but i love them aesthetically and i'm really like she and i were talking about this the like the day-to-day routine that you get into or at least in like uh p4 and p5 um there's something about it that really appeals to me and also something about it that kind of makes my brain uh itch in a bad way uh for for listeners who aren't familiar with them um in both these games you play as a a japanese school student and you you're solving mysteries and and doing things uh but you are also going about your daily life and uh doing things like going to classes at certain times and going to your little after school activities and you know that comes along with all the chances of like oh i really want to hang out with this person and get to know them better and build up my social link but I, I I might not have time because I need to go to do this thing and talk to this person and they're only going to be there on a Tuesday. And but oh, <laughs> but t- today it's raining, so I can't go outside. Um, and there's there's something about the the thoroughness of the design of these games that I just find I find so impressive um, and so rich. But then also at the same time, I think part of the reason that I like get uh, into them and then uh, drop them is because the scheduling of them is very intimidating, but I do like them. Yeah, yeah, it's really a game. Yeah, almost have to have a, a guide to play, and they're they're really well written too. Like the reason these games are so beloved is if you like Atlas in the Persona series is what Final Fantasy used to be. Like it is mm. this really mechanically deep, beautiful character centric story uh, that plays out over over a school year. And it's a time management sim and kind of a, a randomized uh, dungeon sim, but it's really the characters that keep people uh, coming back. Which is why I have I have to ask you this. Okay, Persona Three. Who's your best girl in Persona Three? Three is the one that I haven't played. Okay, I've only done four and five. Okay, so we get Persona 3 with the the, the female protagonist version, which Tell I'm me. super psyched about. Uh, this only came out on PSP. It sacrificed a ton to run on that system. Uh, so I'm really, really excited we're going to get all of that. So for me, uh, Mitsuru is by far my favorite uh, character in that. But Persona 4, who's, who's your best girl in Persona 4? It- it's freaking Yosuke. I know he's not really? a girl, but I love Yosuke so much. He's my problematic so, bisexual fave. The the woman that plays that, uh, the voice actor uh, acts her, Amanda Wynn Lee, is like, honestly, one of my very best friends. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, <laughs> like, I know how 
problematic Amanda is. <laughs> so I it really it's funny because her character is all like in the game, she's like, oh, I just need the strength to go cook. And then if you know Amanda, she's like, yeah, I'm going to do uh, these painkillers for my back and then smoke this joint. And funny, you know, like, like it's just Amanda. She's, she's, it's a totally different character. Uh, oh I like, Wait, yes. I thought, a, I thought somebody else played Yosuke. I thought a guy played Yosuke. Who? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm thinking of Yukiko. I'm so oh, sorry. Oh, I love I'm Yukiko. So no, yeah, yeah Yukiko's yeah, yeah, yeah. the one with the, like the long dark hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Sorry, misunderstanding. So, best girl. Okay, best girl. A guy actual be, girl. A guy can be best girl. That's fair. Yosuke is That's my baby fair. girl. I, I think. I don't like Yosuke. That I know much. nobody. Well, he's an ass. Yeah. Uh, shoot. Yeah. Sorry, that was me stopping at the point where I definitely do have to write down the timestamp. <laughs> I can say that word. That's not a bad word. Oh, we can say that. Okay. Well, I'm not going to continue to say that. it, but I do I have think to write we down can say that. Case. Okay. Fair enough. I like Chia. Chia is, she is she's great. funky. She's energetic. She's ready to kick some butt. Uh, what about Persona Five? Who's your best girl in Persona Five? P Five. I didn't get as far into, and I didn't like <gasps> meet everyone. I know, I know. So oh I my feel God, Simone, not prepared. But who's your who's your best girl in P Five? Well, a this is a top ten anime betrayal. Uh, mm-hmm. or persona betrayal. So I, I just know. want to note that yep. uh, it's Makoto. Did you get to meet Makoto? I don't remember. It was <gasps> like four years ago. <laughs> okay. Okay. I know. Let's, I let's know. move on. Let's move on. These games are great. You should play them. There it is. There it is. There it is. Uh, all right. Okay. So of the rest of the games that they talked about at this Nintendo Direct, what was li- your? What was the game that made you sit up and go, oh? Like, you were happy, you weren't expecting it, you didn't necessarily know anything about it beforehand, but you were like, oh, yeah, I'd like that, sure. You know, there's, I mean, it's a lot, right? I mean, we have near Autonoma, uh, which you were the one that, you were like, Brianna, you're really going to love this game. You need to shut up and stop complaining and go play this game. <laughs> like, just sit through it. You're 100% right about this. Uh, for me, it's the Mario Rabbids sequel. I've played all the way through the first Mario Rabbids, which if you've never played it before, it's a XCOM game, but with Mario yeah. and Rabbids characters, which sounds terrible, but it is awesome. It's really highly technical uh, in fast-paced, uh, fast-paced combat where you are like uh, – it's very high mobility. Like in mm-hmm. XCOM, you have two moves and it's kind of slow and plotting. With this one, you just fly all around the board, <laughs> like stomping <laughs> on people and shooting them from behind. It's it's beautiful. So I'm super psyched for the sequel. What about you? Uh, I definitely agree on the Mario and Rabbids front. Uh, for me, it is a game called Lorelei and the Laser Eyes from really? the developer uh, Simogo, who made Sayonara Wild Hearts. Um, but more importantly, they have made one of my favorite puzzle games of all time, uh, which is device six, uh, which is a mobile puzzle game, um, that it, a, the, the puzzles are really clever and require, you know, you to have a, a notepad and paper out to plot out like word puzzles. And I think at one point you had to do math awful. Um, but it also uses the phone in a really interesting way where you'll be like, you have to like turn it around to like look at things in different ways or angle the screen to reveal different stuff so very very cool design that just in the same way that tearaway used all of the parts of the ps vita device six uses all of the parts of the phone um 
they made a rhythm game called Sayonara Wild Hearts that I, I think looks so really good. nice. Yeah, so good. I enjoyed yes. it. I, I it didn't get me as much as like their puzzle stuff did, but uh, that came out a couple years ago, I think. Uh, and this is their next big ish game, um, and it is again a puzzle game, a murder mystery game um, that looks to me very similar to Device 6, but in 3D. So Device 6 is like very flat. It's got this 1960s kind of spy aesthetic um, with almost like pasted together like a p- paper assets, like all, all very flat. This is in 3D, but it's got that same sort of like black, white, and red um classic thriller aesthetic um i don't i don't know how much it will like how much that will play into the theme of the game but the fact that it's made by simogo the fact that it is a mystery game uh, and the fact that it aesthetically looks anything like device six uh has made me so pumped so pumped i love them i love it i love it yeah I, you sold me on it, hundred percent. I I I kind of saw the trailer and I was like, I'm not really sold, but okay, I will yeah, give it a go. It was definitely. I don't know that I would have thought much of it if I hadn't played Device Six and immediately went, "Yes, this looks like that." Uh, <laughs> uh, you should. Uh, Device Six is only like three bucks on iOS, I think, uh, and I definitely recommend it. Uh, I played it on iPad, and it's big and beautiful on that platform. Um, what about, uh, honorable mentions, Bree, do you have an honorable mention? Honorable mention. I think, uh, so these games are kind of trashy and they all take too long, but the, the Mega Man Battle Network games mm. all have a certain level of quality. Uh, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I, I think that would be it. Cool. Uh, Sonic Frontiers, I'm not really sold on, but uh, yeah. you know, we could see. We'll 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 see. I hope Springs Eternal for another Sonic game that's good in my lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I my honorable mention. I think it's Harvestella, which I will caveat with the fact that. I, uh, I don't really like the way it looks. So this is a, there are a couple games in this Nintendo Direct that have been compared to Stardew Valley. And one is Disney Dreamlight Valley, which is like Disney's freaking take yeah. on Stardew. Yeah. Um, which my immediate reaction was like, uh, no, I don't need this. I'm, I'm waiting for Haunted Chocolatier. I'm fine. Um, but Harvestella is Square Enix uh, doing a game where you're, you're in a small village, you're farming, you're fishing, you're chatting to people. Um, I really don't like the art. I think it looks, it, it's that kind of low, low resolution 3D that is, it's kind of in between looking like photorealistic and anime, um, which is something that I'm not particularly into aesthetically. But the fact that there's like fishing in a small village, it's the kind of thing where I might, I, I can see myself being like, ah, oh, whatever, I'll try it. And then, likely potentially just getting sucked into and dying there yeah those games are so hit like if they get their hooks in you mm-hmm. like you've just mm-hmm. lost 200 hours of your life yeah but it's I all bounce off you. of them a lot so. that's the thing yeah you never know you never know and i think sometimes you just have to be in the right headspace um i did another a disappointment well we'll talk about this when we're talking about what we're playing right now um 
Oh, there's a little teaser for you. Uh, yeah, so that was this week's Nintendo Direct. Some exciting stuff for Nintendo. Uh, happy to, I guess, see something that is making me go, oh, yeah, I, I like my Switch and I want to play games on my Switch rather than I guess I'll pull up my freaking gaming laptop because what I want is Xbox Game Pass um, a thing that I love on a device that I hate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, second topic of the day is also about games, um, but not so fun. Uh, Axie Infinity's transactions are back online after the NFT game suffered a big hack in March. Uh, back then... Wasn't that their second big hack i think it was yeah yeah i think so also how wild is it that this is march because it feels like we talked about it a month ago yeah well time we're in the uh the uh the singularity where time is collapsing upon itself so you know no surprise that we can't so true, perceive with so our true. human minds yeah and i don't want to um <laughs> Back then, $625 million was stolen in a phishing attack on Ronin Bridge, which is the bridge that let Axie Infinity players move money from the game to their other accounts. Um, it was noticed uh, six days after it had happened when a player realized that they couldn't withdraw funds. Um, and like I said, it was a phishing attack against a an employee, now a former employee of Sky Mavis, the company that makes Axie Infinity. Um, the Ronin Bridge has been offline while Sky Mavis fixed that and tightened security on it. It was audited internally as well as by a couple security firms, uh, Verichains and Certic, uh, who specialize in blockchain security. Um, and players will eventually get their money back, Sky Mavis says. They're currently around $25 million short of making that happen. Uh, but the game continues to add new features like uh, land staking. Uh, in an effort to pump life into what is, by all accounts, uh, a better money farm, and I put that in quotes, than it is a game. And I, I say that with the caveat that you will not earn money in Axie Infinity. It's just not going to happen if you don't play. It, it's statistically unlikely. So yeah. I have I have questions about this story. So yeah, um, and I want to. Uh, this is where I remember all my lessons from uh, from communications law, so we don't get sued. So oh, okay. expect ample citation and uh, sourcing and use of the word allegedly. It's but, my favorite uh, word. I, it's amazing. It's it's the power to just wish away lawsuits is impressive. So, look, according to the reporting from The Verge, they are coming forward and they are saying that they are going to reimburse everyone that had money stolen, right? And according mm-hmm. to The Verge, uh, they say that... Uh, 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 Ronan is uh, so. Um, let's see, they're getting $150 million in funding for a number of companies, including Binance, which is way, way down at the moment. Uh-huh. Uh, they're one of the companies that stopped allowing you to withdraw, if you remember correctly. So you had basically have uh, uh, Ronan is down $85.8 million, and another side of that is down $25.5 million. And according to Sky Mavis, they say 
that they are going to reimburse all of that money. But that still doesn't account for another $67 million mm. that was uh, basically uh, taken from this. So, I'm sorry, it was uh, drained from uh, basically the Dow, this decentralized organization where you know people come in and vote and it's like a government. Uh, so that does not account for $67 million on that. And you know, like you said at the beginning, they say they're going to do this. They've not done this yet. So I have questions about, like they say it's one-to-one in the Verge article. I, I have questions about their credibility on that. Uh, this seems like it's one of these situations where the details really, 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 really matter. Um, it just, it, like they just changed, um, uh, what is it, Coinbase. Coinbase just went to a cell. Uh, according to you know uh, a lot of Wall Street investors, right? Don't buy the stock. Go ahead and sell it. Uh, you know, crypto as a whole is so massively underwater. So mm-hmm. you know, Axie Infinity at a time where their user base is dwindling, being able to go out and get this much funding to reimburse people for a hack, I just I I, I don't it, believe it. It must I mean, be how do you such feel? a hard sell. I yeah, I because I feel like the argument can be made for a lot of crypto entities um, that, you know, it can come back. But something like Axie Infinity that was already a failing game. Right. um, Like, clearly, demonstrably very difficult to to keep going because it's, it's hard to make a fictional economy. And this is a game that has a fictional economy that tries to interface with the rest of the world's economy, um, you know, where you are, you know, trying to farm this currency and invested in these creatures. Um, and, w- you know, what they ran into was that there became basically one way to make money in the game um, and one way to kind of drive up inflation. And that's what everyone was doing. Um, so it was already becoming something where it, it was it was becoming no longer possible for the people who were playing it to make a living because they were playing it to make a living and not to play a game. Um, right. They those people were dropping off because they were not seeing the return on their investments. Um, and so so seeing something like this come back, I have a lot uh, less optimism that this is going to weather out the quote-unquote crypto winter than something like i don't know binance or um oh my gosh what's the name of the the thing that went public Uh, the freaking app um uh it doesn't matter um so according to the decrypt article that i read about this uh so like you said uh the dow uh, still has not been reimbursed for like the player right. reimbursal. Uh, apparently, if those funds are not recovered in two years, they are going to vote on what to do with the treasury. So they do. They have a a window that I would describe as optimistic, but then also like it's crypto. Who knows? Who knows what could happen? <laughs> like I'm just, not saying it's going to yeah. go through the roof next week, but we don't know. No, a hundred percent. And I mean. But I think the reason I'm so skeptical about this is, uh, let's look at Final Fantasy VII Remake, right? That is a game that reportedly yeah. costs $200 million to, to make. Final Fantasy VII Remake 
$200 million. <laughs> that is nearly that amount of money. In a game like Final Fantasy VII Remake, like think of the long audience for it. Think mm-hmm. of the the many, many years of sales they're going to get from that. Think yeah. of the remasters they'll get whenever the PS6 comes out. Think of the, do you know what I mean? Like that is a, a credible long-term investment. Mm-hmm. But something like this, it's, you know, the, the mobile game market is... It's so much less of a, like, let's bring out this great title. And it's more like, while this thing is hot, we got to milk it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Run those ads. Like, you're not having a beloved title for, like, the next generation. And especially with a situation like this where the underlying game is is not that great anyway. So, Mm -hmm. um you know, I, I don't root for anyone to fail, like in the game industry, but I I just uh, yeah, I, I, don't I don't root know. for anyone to fail, but I do root for just a hard proof that this model of game is not sustainable or realistic because yeah. until that happens, you're always going to get these speculators and grifters who want to know if if they can pull off the same thing. And like, obviously, they're has been a lot of money in this game, a lot of money going around with Axie Infinity because of the value of cryptocurrency. But I do not think it is long-term ever going to be something that, like you said, people will return to in the way that they return to Final Fantasy VII because they love it and enjoy it. I think as soon as you get uh, money involved in a, a relationship like that, it it becomes work And I like a division between my labor and my leisure. So, yeah. uh, Sorry for everyone who is suffering, but... (laughs) There is no serious Axie Infinity player that listens to Rocket. No, you're you're correct. Reach out to us. We will have you on as a guest. (laughs) Uh, Genuinely, yeah. We will give you the whole hour. Yeah. If that happens, I will play the free-to-play version that the developer made um the one that's supposed to like get you into it without having a crypto investment um up front that's supposed to like teach you how fun it is um <laughs> if we get an axie infinity fan who listens to this show don't send this to someone in your life who's an axie infinity fan i want to know if you're like a listener of our show and you enjoy it yeah. we'll, we'll talk yeah. to you and i'll play the free-to-play you version. Will ask questions screening questions like you will have to have listened to the show to know the answer Ooh. so All right, moving on to our third mini topic of the day. Facebook meta is uh, changing up Facebook uh, groups, groups in an interesting way. So The Verge reports that this is all Facebook is going through a sort of face lift, as it were, right now. Um, The platform has long been known as home of old people posting racist memes um, and just general (laughs) chaos and also just being really ugly. Wait, that's me talking. Um, So Facebook is trying to become more like something like TikTok. Uh, Part of that is uh, changing its feed to show more content from people outside of your personal friends list. But the groups are also getting a revamp. And as The Verge points out, Facebook groups are going to look a lot like Discord. So rather than what they are now, which is, you know, a feed page where uh, group members can make posts and they'll appear in that feed and they'll appear on your your main feed as well. Um, 
they're going to have different channels. So they'll appear on a sidebar, much like uh, servers in Discord. Um, and uh, those groups will have channels that can have text channels, which will look and behave like Facebook Messenger, uh, just basically set a text chain with everyone in the group. Uh, audio channels, uh, which resemble Discord's audio channels a lot. You know, you hop in, um, everyone in the channels on voice, uh, you can mute, you can talk, etc. Um, and then feed rooms where people can make those posts as they can on a Facebook group currently. Um, I don't know about you, Brianna, but the idea of being in a messenger chat with an entire Facebook group uh, is giving me hives. It's actually yeah. making my skin be on fire. I don't think that I, I, well, I have a lot of thoughts on this. Like the way that they, they copied <laughs> discords, like colors and everything yeah. to like, like make it appeal. It's just freaking hilarious Simone it's like how are you doing fellow kids <laughs> that is, you know yes that is yeah. what is so funny about it to me I think because we we see this kind of copying a lot in social media you know we saw Instagram borrowing reels from TikTok stories from Snapchat etc and when that happens it, it's always kind of made sense to me as like oh yeah this is this is hot and it seems to fit in with your platform. This makes sense. Like, go off. Um, and then when it's Discord, which, again, a platform that I use daily and I love Discord, but it becomes even more, like, blatant and weird when it's something like Discord that is so, I think, comparatively niche compared to something like Snapchat, which, you know, is <laughs> – why do I want to say the hotness? That makes me sound so old. <laughs> do you know what it does that make sense do you know what i mean oh 100 i couldn't agree more i mean it's like i'm just trying to imagine the gamer community that's like hey y'all you know we're uh, we're working on speedrunning resident evil uh three on ps5 come on we gotta get our dodge rolls right we gotta figure out how our trigger going up it and hey we're gonna move this whole community off of discord to where my racist uncle Bob hangs out. <laughs> Let's go over to the Facebook, y'all. And it's like, no, 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 no. Now, could this paradigm catch on with, with other groups? I mean, I, I, maybe, I mean, Discord isn't, in my opinion, it's not really, it's, it's, it's very, put towards gamers right mm -hmm. just the features of it um like live chat or or streaming or like having a community to ask questions to in rooms it's just not facebook like facebook is the news feed so i i don't know it's interesting i'm trying to think about the groups that i am still in in facebook um let me see if i'm actually logged in on this computer nope i'm not oh well um so Smart. I guess, for example, one of the groups that I'm in is a historical romance lovers group. Yes, I know. Uh, so it's a group that has authors of historical romance as well as readers um, and people will share like their book announcements or they'll share like an interesting link like, oh, here's this cool historical person. It would be amazing to see someone like this in a romance, wouldn't it? Yay. We're all or and here's some art from my book or of like fan art of the characters in my book. Wonderful. Um, I, I, I don't know. I feel like most of the discord groups that I'm in 
are either, like you said, focused around a game. So we have a community like Blaseball, for example. I barely know anyone in the Blaseball Discord. It's a million bajillion people. But we have our teams and we know people in our teams and in the main channels, we're talking about like the the games that are happening. Or I'll be in discords that are focused around like for specific friend groups. Like my D and D group has a Discord channel. Easy, boom. We all know those people. Uh, there's something about the broader community of Facebook that feels. I don't know. I feel it would feel to me like a little bit more like just going into a wild IRC chat. Than <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't feel maybe it isn't logical to feel that way, because, again, in a group, you are all united around a specific area of interest. So what is the difference between that and joining like a discord server for a game that I'm playing? I don't know. I'm not able to really articulate it, but something about it does feel different. And maybe, again, it's the demographic. Yeah, maybe. And I'm thinking about how many Facebook groups I'm in that have like a companion Discord, like Star Wars Legion certainly does, Star Wars Armada does, uh, some of the pinball communities do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I can see it working in that very specific edge case where people might want it to be just a little bit easier. I guess the question is... Is, like, Discord a fundamental, like, idea paradigm, right? Like, Twitter's an idea paradigm about how to communicate that's really, really good for short bursts of information and, like, covering events live. Uh-huh. That's that's what Twitter is good for. Um, you know, Facebook is good for, like, connecting with a bunch of random people, right? Mm-hmm. Slack is good for a workplace. I mean, Discord is really essentially Slack with some features that are good for gamers. So The Slack comparison like, is really yeah. good. Yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking, like, does, do Facebook groups, would they benefit from having a Slack companion that looks like Discord? I, I think there's an argument for that, but I don't think it's ever going to be huge. I mean, it just feels like Facebook's uh, another desperate attempt by them to to gain relevance with the the people that aren't uh, older. Frankly, imagine my in my freaking historical romance group, some wonderful like seventy year old romance novel reader accidentally gets in the voice channel and can't figure out how to leave. <laughs> like this, yeah. is, <laughs> this is what I feel we'll be contending with. Um, and no slander to 70 year olds who I love. I consider myself one of you. Um, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> you know, like the other day, I got added to one of those spam text message chains where it's just like everyone who has the almost the same last four digits in their phone number. And of course, there's people going like, why am I on here? Stop. Stop texting. How do I? And it's just, I, I don't know. I, That's why I told Nancy Pelosi when she texted me a hundred times this weekend she, asking for $20. She needs to <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Nancy Pelosi, leave me alone forever challenge. Yeah. Um, stop. Stop asking. I me want her life. to uh, be my pallbearer so she can lower me. Wait. Anyway, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. I I don't know. I I feel like I feel a certain way about it. I feel like it's a weird fit. 
I am willing to be proven wrong. I kind of feel bad being so negative about it because maybe I'm being judgmental of the Facebook demographic. Um, Cool to see them try new things, I guess. But it's hard for me to imagine a way where this doesn't just feel very, very weird. Concur. All right. Let's talk about what we are playing and doing this week, Brie. What what have you been playing lately? It's a game-heavy show today. It really is. It's a show for gamers. Well, you know, when Christina's away, you know... The gamers like, will play. We're, we're the, yeah, well, we're the ones planning the show. So it does <laughs> tend to be a little bit game-heavy. Um, what am I playing right now? So <laughs> can I tell you about a car, a game that stole literally 50 hours of my life? Of course, of course. <laughs> and it's so trashy and so terrible. I'm actually embarrassed to admit this to you. But I saw a game on my PS5, and it's called Car Mechanic Simulator 2021. Yes. And I'm like, that's cool. And then, and then I see, oh, and they've got a Porsche DLC with that. So I can when I'm not working on my actual Porsche <laughs> that's in the game, I could play a simulator of taking my car apart <laughs> on my PlayStation 5. So yes. I bought this game and look, it's trashy, but it is so wildly addictive. And you really will, uh, if you want to understand more about how cars are, are like put together and how they work from like the throttle body to you know, like the headers or the pistons or you know, just really the nuts and bolts of how a suspension or an engine works. Okay. This game will teach you this because you you have to like a car comes in with a problem and then you have to diagnose the problem wow. and then re- repair that part. So if like the engine is idling rough, you know, it could be a lot of things. It could be the ECU. It could be your, your fuel filter. It could be um, your piston rings. It could be your intake manifold uh, isn't in good condition. Like you have to think about it structurally like that. Uh, so that's a game I've played a lot of. I want to kind of go back and forth so I don't just monologue. So you give me something you've been playing. I'm I'm just looking at you said 2021 car mechanics. Yep. Okay. I I feel personally attacked because 3 weeks ago I would not have cared about this at all and now deep in Formula 1 hell I'm like, "Man, ah. why not? Why not?" <laughs> I hate myself. I don't even know who I am anymore. You need to text me the top episodes I need to watch. Oh, I will 100% that. watch that. Yes. Oh my god. Do that. Yeah. Uh, So as we talked about a bit last week, I am still playing Trigger Happy Havoc, Danganronpa. (gasps) Um, And Brie, it is so good. Yeah, I had just finished um, the first trial, I think, last time we talked. Mm -hmm. And I had very much enjoyed it. And now I have finished two or three. (gasps) And Oh, so you're going into chapter four. That's where it gets dark. Oh. Is it gonna get darker? Because it's yes, it's pretty freaking dark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm genuinely like it. It it definitely. I will say. So can we tell people just about the game so they have a little bit of background and they know what we're talking about? Yes. Um, Donkin Rumpa is a uh, RPG. It's a mystery game. Um, and similar to Persona, it takes place in a Japanese school. You're a student who gets accepted to this elite school. You're like, weird, because I'm not that good, but okay, go off, King, I guess. 
Um, you get there, you find out it's kind of, uh, it's all a ruse. And in fact, you and several other students are trapped in this school. Um, and only one person will leave. And that's only if they can successfully kill another student. However, when a student is killed, you then get a chance to solve the mystery and find out who killed that person. And if that person gets caught, they die. So of course, this the ongoing like rhythm of the game is someone dies you figure out who killed them that person gets executed um because you know you can't have somebody (laughs) just win the game and waltz out of the school uh so it's pretty dark it's pretty darn dark it's also very funny and inventive and weird and just very sad good characters right characters you were so right Yeah. yeah i think oh go ahead no, 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 no. You're you're doing great. Mm-hmm. A great villain too. Like Monokuma is. I would really put him in the top ten video game villains ever. Dastardly. Yeah, Monokuma is this teddy bear where half of him is black and half of him is white. And he's got this red glowing smile. And there's just something about the design that is uh, like all good Stephen King villains. They seem <laughs> like something that's always existed is tapping into your darkest fears. Uh, that's what Monokuma is. Like you wouldn't think that there's an evil teddy bear uh, robot that is setting children to kill each other in yeah. the school that's that's closed off from the rest of the world but like he's iconic like mm-hmm. you instantly mm-hmm. feel it the music is amazing and it, it really is a visual novel like you're reading this much more than you're playing it mm-hmm. um and i have to tell you that the ending to this game is hand to god it is the best video game ending of all time i I really mean that i'm i'm psyched uh part of the reason we started playing it uh is because my roommate has played it and enjoyed it a lot uh but she was there when the game was being released and it had been released in japan and somebody was doing a fan translation on tumblr chapter by chapter and so she has this memory of experiencing it via tumblr where like a new chapter would get translated and everyone would learn like what's happening next in the game and go absolutely nuts on tumblr and then be speculating and speculating until the next chapter would be released um and that kind of fervor was part of the reason why they ended up doing a a north american release of it and so some of i i think you can imagine brie some of the reactions that people would have had to the plot twists in this game in like 2011 or 2010 when it yes. when it came out like yes what she is describing to me is like god i wish i had experienced that what i would give to go back in time and just see like the memes coming out of that the i i know i don't want to experience the discourse coming out of it but i'm sure it was pungent um and yeah it going back to what you said about the characters i am definitely like the feeling that keeps recurring to me as i go throughout the chapters and you know people keep dying or being executed it's like oh my god i wish i had gotten to know that person better yeah so you learn something about them as they die and yeah part of the rhythm of the game is you get this free time on days where no one dies um you can spend a morning with someone and you're doing that so that you can get to know them better and gain some insight into their personality to help you in the game, gain some clues, gain some skill points. But what it eventually, you know, maybe you spend a day with someone 
And you don't get a chance to do it again because they're dead. And you wonder like, well, what if I had spent the day with this person instead? What if I had talked to this person twice? Because I'm not going to get to do it again. They're gone now. And that's been really, really powerful, I found. Um, I, I, I really, really enjoy it. And there's so many times where I'm like, oh, God, I wish it weren't you. Like, why, <laughs> why did it have to be you? I liked you. Why did you do this? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I do have to say, like, in, look, I have... I've been gaming for a long time. I've, I've watched anime for a long time. I have a very high tolerance for this. But this game is really guilty of just being just really creepy in a sexual way <laughs> in a lot of different ways. It's like a really good example. Like when Makoto, uh, one of the mechanics is like getting to know your classmates really well and saying things that uh, the the game is basically showing that you understand their personality, like the gifts that they would like, or you're listening to them and can respond with uh, things that make sense for their personality. And what happens when you did that? Do that with one of your women classmates? You get their underwear as a reward. And they haven't like, gotten any underwear yet. That's not oh, fair. Oh, well, you need to keep playing. Um, and it's just like, yeah, that's not the vibe I'm going for here. I'm just trying to be friends with people. Yeah. I, I don't. Uh, oh, my God. Um, but it's, it's even despite that, it's still worth the price of admission. Uh, it's, it's really a fantastic game. And the many people uh, think the sequel to this is even better. I am. I think we probably will play the sequel. Um, maybe not next, because playing this makes me want to play replay yep. Catherine, <laughs> and she has not played Catherine. So I think oh I'm gonna goodness. co-op Catherine with her next. Um, awesome! I'm so excited. Anyway, so, okay, yeah. my next game that I'm playing a ton of. Um, so uh, I'm playing a lot of uh, Star Wars uh, Legion tabletop, which is kind of a Think Final Fantasy Tactics, but on a tabletop with a bunch of miniatures. And wow. one of the expansion packs I got was uh, Iden Versio, uh, who is, like, she's honestly, there are not that many, like, women of color in Star Wars, but she's, like, this badass Imperial commander. Uh, so, um, you know, she's part of Infernal, Inferno Squadron and like she was on the, at the Battle of Endor, like when the second Death Star blew up, she was one of the forces on the ground trying to stop the rebels. Um, so the game that she comes from, I've been playing like her on tabletop. Uh, and I'm like, you know, I want to get to know the game that this comes from a little bit better. So when Star Wars Battlefront 2, which is the game she comes from, debuted, mm -hmm. um, it was to a huge uh, like like scandal in our industry over microtransactions. <laughs> yeah. uh, they just got ripped up and down. Everyone said it was pay to play, um, you know, to the point that they actually had to go through and rejigger the game to get rid of all microtransactions. Um, and, you know, in the, in the midst of all of that fury, I played it a little bit and put it down uh, and just hadn't picked it up again. And I was like, you know, Iden Versio is one of the most powerful units in the game. I'm, I'm dedicating a lot of time to play this. I'd like to understand her character and her backstory a little bit more. So I started playing Battlefront more. Oh. Simone, this is so good. Have you played this at all? No, I haven't. Okay, so Battlefront, the way the game works is um, like a game like um, 
a game like uh, Overwatch, you're playing exclusively against people, right? Mm-hmm. The way that a Battlefront game works is you have objectives, and there are some human players on the other side, but the majority of what you're facing is like just weak bots on the other side. So if you're playing the Empire, it's like a long slog of seeing how many like rebel troopers you can take out uh, to like go take over objectives and you may have to face like human players at the time but it's really this battlefield and you know you spawn if you do well enough you can like unlock an atst or you can unlock and play as iden versio or darth vader or these really Mm. really powerful characters so it's this really fast-paced chaotic objective-based game that is so good. It's so good. It's one of these games you can sit down, have a really tight team experience for 10 minutes, and you win or you lose, and it's just a rush the whole time. So I'm absolutely loving that. That is it the kind of thing where you like feel compelled to do one after another after another because you're like, oh, 10 minutes. That was hot. Yes. That was good. Yeah, you keep That's going. That's the exact kind of game. <laughs> nice. That does sound kind of fun. Sounds kind of fun. Um, I'll end with uh, one that's quick uh, and one that I'm I'm kind of hoping to start liking more, which is Little Witch in the Woods, uh, which I'm playing on the demo on Xbox Game Pass right now. And this is sort of another Stardew Valley alike, um, which I guess generally a Harvest Moon alike, whatever. I'm not pedantic. Uh, that uh, you're a witch, a little rebellious witch who's supposed to go to a city, but you uh, get left behind by your train, find this witch house in the woods, the woods. Um, And it's about you basically just kind of adjusting to life in this town, uh, cleaning up your little house, doing spells, um, exploring the forest, helping the town residents. And uh, I'm not that far into it. I am really hoping that it picks up because it has a lot of interesting mechanics like you can brew potions, um, you can clean your house, which I really like doing. And you've got a hat that talks to you, which is awesome. (laughs) Um, And and aesthetically, it's very, very cute. And um, like, I love the way that it looks. And I love the sorry drinking tea designs of the characters however the beginning of it was just like really kind of a slog um and it didn't i don't know not like stardew valley starts with a pop and a bang or anything but it's very economical in getting you to the house and starting you farming like that's the first thing that you do and this had a bit more of a dialogue heavy crawling prologue to it that like was well written and depicted the character like you get the sense of who the characters are but i i don't know i i didn't when i when i play a game like this i want to get right into just like that daily routine kind of feel and this doesn't drop you right in so i don't know i'm i'm gonna keep trying it it isn't right, out that's yet. what Game Pass is for, right? Yeah, you try true. it, you play it, you see if you groove with it, and if not, you just move on. Yeah, so true. Actually, I need to offer a correction. It is out. Um, it's just that on it's not on Game Pass. So there is a demo on Game Pass, and that's what I'm playing. But Got it is it. out on Steam and it's like out on other platforms as well. So anyway. Oh, it's an early access. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Brianna, what are you up to this week? Ah. Uh... 
honestly just trying to fight off depression. Just yeah. just gonna get real with you. It's it's been a really hard week. Um uh, my birthday is next week, and mm. I'm thinking about doing something for that. I don't know if um, I'm going to just get in the car and drive somewhere and uh, work, uh, you know, out of Vermont or Florida oh, nice. or D.C. for like a week. Um, I might um, – I'm thinking about getting a, a pinball table maybe for my birthday. Oh. I, I don't know. I'm trying to trying to do something fun. But uh, uh, honestly, it's um, – look, we can admit this on the show. It's been a really hard week for, I think, most decent people. It I'm just, just trying to Yeah, just trying to get through that. Yeah, well, all of your potential birthday plans sound really fun, um, <laughs> especially going to Vermont. I want to go to Vermont. Um, I'm just having a, a a quiet week. Also, I'm I'm so tired. <laughs> I just want to play games and sleep, um, and uh, become increasingly invested in Formula One, which is now at least seventy percent of my personality. Um, I wish that weren't true, but here we are. I can't resist it. Um, I'll be hopefully watching, maybe not live, uh, the Silverstone race this weekend. Um, and then <laughs> looking at pictures of Charles Leclerc. That's, that's <laughs> all I do. I watch those stupid little YouTube videos and I watch clips and I watch challenges and I look at pictures of Charles Leclerc and that's my life now. Who um, is Charles Leclerc? He's so wonderful. He is my little golden boy, and he's Ferrari's little golden boy as well. He's this, uh, he's from Monaco, he's Monegasque, and he is one of the youngest drivers to drive for Ferrari. He, it was always his dream. Oh, is he the one with that ultra hot girlfriend? They all have hot girlfriends. Okay. Because they're all punching above their weight, except for Charles. Charles is actually hot. Um, no, they're all hot is the problem. Um, <laughs> but he like always wanted to drive and, uh, his godfather died in a F1 accident, um, when he was like, I, I can't remember if he was 15 or 20 when this happened, but, um, it was his godfather's dream to drive for Ferrari. And now Charles is also driving for Ferrari and he's like, they're basically child prodigy who they're oh hoping you know will win the whole shebang for them but they gate they keep giving him bad cars brianna they keep giving him cars that don't work <laughs> i i can see why you i i'm very like compelled by him i would like to know more I will give you the list of episodes of Drive to Survive that you need to watch. <laughs> There's one that's all about him and like the upcoming generation of F1 talent, but this is from like 2018, so they're now the just the the generation of F1 talent. Um, <laughs> Frank is going to come into the den and he's going to be like, "What are you doing, bro? Click, click away! Oh, I was just um, was watching the uh, Sermon Channel on uh, Apple TV. You be like, know? What? I'm, I'm not watching F1." Was that a shirtless man in in an ice bath, Brianna? Was that was that a shirtless twenty year old Monegasque race car driver in an ice bath? No, no. Frank, I only watch F one for the cars. Come on, you know me. (laughs) All right, uh, where can we find you online? You can find me on Brianna Wu. You can on Twitter. Yes. And you can find me uh at Doom Quasar everywhere. My videos at youtube.com slash polygon. Or you can read your article on uh on uh dogs in in oh, yeah. uh, Elden Ring on polygon.com. Yes. I wanted to talk about that this week, but we don't have enough time. Uh, I, I could have done it in the what we're playing section, but I was a fool and I forgot. I actually meant to do that, but I spaced out. 
Um, that's fine. It'll hold. It's not crucial. Go watch my video. It's fun. Um, thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Rocket. I super appreciate you listening. And I hope that uh, if you enjoyed it, you'll give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Um, and uh, go scream at the window of a Supreme Court justice. I approve of this message. Yeah. Yell at them in the street if you see them and throw... Is it legal to throw eggs at someone's house? No, don't do that. Don't do that. But uh, do, do vote. Do vote. Yes. Thank you. This episode of Rocket is terminated. Terminated. <laughs>